welcome to Novel Finds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Julia, and we have an amazing author chat today with Sophie Keach, author of Morgan Is My Name, um, an Arthurian retelling of Morgan Le Fay, which is so good. Um, how are you doing today, Sophie? I'm great. Yeah. Warm, but great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. The heat wave that's happening right now is so if we pause and you have to open the window, that's totally cool. Honestly, (laughs) Um, I probably would too. But um, we, I'm so excited to talk to you about this book. I actually didn't realize that it was going to be multiple books in the series. So I was reading it and I was like, man, this is really like, it's clipping along, but it, it wasn't going like entirely where like I knew her story went. I was like, where, how, how is this all going to fit in here? And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be more. Um, So I'm very excited for that. But can you give us a synopsis of Morgan is my name and maybe a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, Morgan is my name is the first in a trilogy. So you are right. Um, this one deals with Morgan Le Fay as we come to know her. It's her early life from the time she's born through childhood and adolescence into a young woman, um, where she sort of is just coming to the point where she is famously known. And I'm a Welsh author. I live in Wales, where this so much of Arthurian legend comes from. And yes, this is my debut novel. That's so exciting. So it's your debut novel. Where did your love of Arthurian legend come from? Like, obviously, you love it so much that you wrote, you're writing a trilogy about it. Um, so where, how did it come about? I loved Arthurian legend since I was a child. I first got into it when I watched um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail way too young. My father loved that. And he had a book (laughs) when he was young. So I used to read that and I watched it tons and tons when I was Mm -hmm. young and over time. And that's where I really got my love of it. And then when I went to university to study English literature, um, I studied it and really deeply fell in love with it in terms of the primary sources and all the various places the myth comes from and all its iterations and very much got into it then. And from then I was just, I never gave up reading it or thinking about it. And yeah, it just became a real passion of mine. But um and here we are now. Here we are now. Do you have a favorite tale from the legends? It's so hard to choose one because it's so fantastic and so diverse in tone. There's drama, there's romance, there's mm-hmm. so it can be funny, it can be sad. Um, I think my favorite of the original tales, of the old tales, is The Night of the Cart by Chrétien de Troyes. Um, which is Lancelot's tale. And I just, when I studied that in uni, it was the thing that sent me head over heels into this. And I still love it. And even when I reread it now, it's just got so much drama in it. And it's beautiful. I I love it. Oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so great. Um, So would you say that your favorite adaptation is probably the Monty Python and the Holy Grail 
or do well, you have a different favorite adaptation? There's that in terms of film, I would say, mm-hmm. but you can't really do better than The Once and Future King by T.H. White, which mm. is incredible. That's just, it's a masterpiece and it's such an inspiration to me. Yeah. So, if I can have both of those. <laughs> 100, yeah, 100. You can have as many as you want, to be completely honest. <laughs> I would say I know it is not accurate one bit, but I really love the TV show Merlin. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, that I started watching that. I don't know, whenever it showed up on Netflix in maybe 2008 or 2009. And now it's not on there anymore, but it's on Amazon Prime over here. But uh Merlin is definitely where so where mine can say in. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to beat. I just I kind of wish that that they that Arthur and Merlin did meet as young men, but also like it makes sense that he is more of an advisor. That's what's great about the myth though, I always say the fact that it can be it can be so broad and so varied that you can mm-hmm. basically sort of interpret it taking from different sources in different ways and it can all it can always feel right mm-hmm. to have a love for it uh it can always feel like something worth exploring yeah and that's what I find fantastic about this particular mythology is that you can take things and try new things out and find new ways of telling it which you know people will love yeah yeah which I mean, you did as well, which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It is wonderful. Um, as you were writing, did was there a character or um, person that surprised you the most while you were writing? Well, they all surprise you a bit. All characters will surprise you a little, which is the beauty of it. It's the beauty of writing and discovering and the creativity. But I think most of all, it would be... Akalon, who surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much we can say in terms of spoilers. I mean, you are welcome to spoil as much as you want or don't. It, he, it is up to you. He's a love interest um, for Morgan in her youth. And so that's how I was writing him. I thought I knew him a certain way. And then as I got into writing him, I just figured out who he was. Mm-hmm in a completely he's not a different person but I sort of it just came through what was underneath Mm -hmm. and he's got this way about him which I imagined came from one thing and then as I got into his character and it started speaking to me I I realized that where his upbringing and things he'd been through fed into his character and that he was so much deeper than I thought and I understood him so much better than I thought and then really late on in the process I realized his personality was quite a lot like mine <laughs> so people always assume that you're you know the most you your, your personality is a bit in pretty much all of your characters but mm-hmm. people always think oh well mostly it's the protagonist and I think I understand him more than I understand maybe Morgan in terms of personality oh in terms of feeling similar but it's because he sort of what was underneath started to come through and was so Mm -hmm. interesting and Mm -hmm. that he just became fascinating yeah yeah I love that um it's so not really spoiling 
much, but he does leave the story partway through. Yeah. Um, will we be seeing him again? Maybe. Maybe. Never. <laughs> He's gone forever. No, I hope we see him again. I think. Yeah. I mean, don't Google because it's big, a big amount of spoilers as I start <laughs> to interact with the actual sources more. Right. Following <laughs> books, but yeah, we'll see him again, I think. Okay. All right. Cool. Because he is just, he and, and Morgan were lovely together. Like yeah. they, they fit together really well. I think in terms of like, if Morgan was an element and she was water, I would say Akalon is probably also water. And like, that's why they ebbed and flowed very well. I feel that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. Let's hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. You have- I love when, when the when the things that I feel get said to me because that's <laughs> fantastic for me as a as a writer. Well, it's great. Like I hope everyone else feels that too, and especially because like they kind of they their their meeting is in the water too. Like it's not intentional of me saying like they're both water because it is talked about. I think that Morgan does feel like like a large body of water, and it just uh it all comes together. It all comes together. I love it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite line or section from Morgan is my name that you'd like to share? In terms of lines, that's really difficult because <laughs> there, there is. I love the book. I love it. I it's have, the whole thing. I love my own book, um, and I love reading it. And it's got so many lines which I know which are the favorites of people who have read it and my my publishing team. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything and people really like the one which is when she says my name is Morgan and there aren't enough words for all that I am I know people love that one because that's her sort of true becoming um but I have so many little personal ones that probably wouldn't make sense out of context but I would say I was I was thinking about my favorite section and one of them is definitely early on I think it might be in chapter one where she goes falconing with her father and it's something they do together and it's just the the atmosphere of the headland and Tintagel and the Cornish coast mm-hmm. and the sort of what the behavior of the bird linking to what he's trying to teach her for life and I love that that that's one of my one of the things I'm proudest of writing and yeah I do think that works yeah yeah I really loved her relationship with her father he's such a lovely person Yes, honestly, yeah. <laughs> poor man. I know, I know. Like without spoiling it, poor man. <laughs> uh, okay, this is kind of a silly question, but if you, Sophie, could live in Morgan's shoes, so you are transported back to her time, what would be the first thing that you do? And then what the second and third? What would what what is a day that you would do as Morgan? A day. I mean, as a woman of modern sensibilities, I would probably cause even more trouble than she does. I, I can't see me being too tolerant of all the fussing about. No, but, absolutely um, not. Being told what to do. I mean, she's not mm-hmm. great with it either, but no. me even less. Um, well, going back to the previous question I think I would take the bird and go falconing that would be so cool love to do that I would just I would well how long would it take to just go into every 
Nook and Cranny of Tintagel Castle as I've written it and, you know, go and look at knights and the horses and everything. I just so love mm-hmm. this world that I would probably just spend the time wandering around with my eyes on stalks. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. I, yeah. And then, yeah, going eating in the Great Hall, things like that, and just really immersing myself. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. food would you want to try the most? Oh, goodness, I don't know. Everything, anything they had. Oh, I'll tell you what's the other thing I would really like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to watch jousting practice. That's mm-hmm. in the, I mean, it, there wouldn't be an actual official joust going on if we if we're taking it from the the book but if Mm -hmm. I would watch joust practice like she does (laughs) (laughs) just just observing just seeing what's happening just spying on things right right and when it gets too hot you find a window in the castle to look down at jousting practice yes exactly Mm -hmm. that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) this is the first novel in the trilogy yeah when you started, did you know the whole arc of the journey? I know it's kind of different because like, you know, Morgan's arc, like from legend, but like it's a retelling and you can, you can fix it however you want to. Um, did you, did you know where you were going with it or are, are things still a mystery? No, I did because when I first thought to do this project um I wrote a long long outline um to see if it would work and originally the idea would be that it that I was only going to write one book a whole story Mm -hmm. one book and then somebody read it and said there's a lot of story here and as I looked at it and I thought that that's true um because I had to to go beginning to end Mm -hmm. I'm interacting with the text but not everything about her life is present intact so I am finding mm-hmm. my way through the gaps which is fun for me yeah also interacting with the text and interpreting that and um, which is also fun it's all fun so yeah I and then I s- split it up into two and it still seemed like a heck of a lot and in the end it fell beautifully into three three books three arcs the first even though this is the first one it arcs I feel nicely and as anyone will tell you it's really maybe a silly idea or a bad idea to sort of this was a book I didn't have an agent or anything like that and to have a trilogy is very if they want something that stands alone and it was kind of so it had to do that I had to think that well if book one just gets to the point where we know she's going to become what she famously becomes mm-hmm. learned of her character development up to there then I've done my job it was very lucky that the trilogy then sold as a whole um but yeah for me I I am lucky to have all of the story at my fingertips because that's how Mm -hmm. I originally envisaged it I wanted to go from her beginning to her famous sort of end um and answer the question of how she got to where she famously gets to which I won't spoil but that was the question in my mind was if all of these things about her are in the text then how did this end point occur mm-hmm. and slow that and then I, I got to have my fun from filling in many gaps in her early life which we know a little bit about her in her early life but it's not a great deal written and so I got to think about her personality and where she goes and try and build her from there so it all made sense but yeah things always change um when you're writing 
but fundamentally i i have the all the all the story in my mind yeah um speaking of like her early years because the first one it spans a lot of years because i mean she starts as a child and ends i think in her 30s she's not in her 30s she's in her mid 20s okay okay it's still a lot of years um are the next ones going to slow down a bit or or um... yes i would say book two um deals with a narrower amount of time Mm -hmm. um, thinking on it and then book three might stretch back out again Mm -hmm. because we've got to get from where she is at the end of book two to kind of the end of the arthurian story yeah so whether it'll be as much time as the first i don't know but it'll be there or thereabouts yeah things take time and there's a lot of events and you've got more characters coming into it who have to kind of age in and Arthurian legend time-wise is such a complicated prospect (laughs) it's very hard to get a coherent timeline going it is a giant chunk yeah it is and it's from all over the place and you've got characters who didn't start who then come into it say Lancelot comes into it late and you have to address how old you think everyone is when you're trying Mm -hmm. to develop a coherent narrative Arthurian legend did not care about that but I do (laughs) so so yeah I have to kind of plan that very carefully oh well good luck to you um it is quite a feat but it seems like you've got it it's I have I have the vibe that you've got it I I should (laughs) so what was a day in the life when you started working? When I started writing Morgan is my name, um, I was still working full time. So I had a, I did have a really good writing routine by then when I started mm-hmm. writing her because I just was so hooked on writing. When I started back again, um, I didn't write for most of my 20s because after my degree and people I've spoken to said this is common for English liter- literature graduates that you get scared because you spend all your time reading the best writing in the world. And then you think I'll never do it. So I didn't. And then something kind of, I don't know, something happened and I started writing against an old project, which I eventually threw away because it was not great. But by then, by the time I'd had fun with that, I was doing five evenings a week writing and did not watch TV, um, except for the two two evenings on the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Did all my TV watching then. <laughs> I'm so behind on everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, so five evenings a week, drafting. I hand wrote the first draft. Dang, oh my yes. gosh. I love handwriting. I've not handwritten the first draft of book two because I have deadlines now. Mm-hmm. But that was, I hand wrote the first draft. And I think it took me all together to send it off kind of a year and a half but yeah the day in the life was basically coming home from my full-time job doing family things and then sitting down at about seven or eight o'clock and just working until I went to bed but it sounds hard but I really did enjoy it yeah yeah no I mean I'm always very curious about everyone's different style of like what they what they did um writing especially yeah a fingerprint for there is no one process for any one mm-hmm. writer and yeah I'm discovering there's no one process for any two books <laughs> change process now but um 
but yeah, I, I love hearing about that and it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Did you have an idea of what the process for publication was going to be like? A little bit, mainly the it's when you're on social media and I was in the writing community on mm-hmm. Twitter, which I still am and things like that. And I, I did research and you glean things. And I swear, for no reason whatsoever, I'd been reading sort of publishing blogs back when blogging was really a thing when I was in my 20s. Um, I was reading publishing blogs and things like Query Shark and things like that, even though I wasn't writing anything. So I think I was always fascinated with the Mm -hmm. process. So when I came to actually do it, I did kind of know how it was. But um, for me personally, because Morgan is my name, went to Audible first. It was sort of different again. Um, So I did have unknown elements to it. And Mm -hmm. it's always a surprise because when it's you doing it, it's not the same as reading about somebody doing it or hearing Mm -hmm. about media. So it's, it's a funny process. Everything's sort of like, it's astonishing how long it takes. And it has this energy of like, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And then everything happens all at once. So it can really give you whiplash. Um, it's interesting. It's always interesting. It's publishing. So, yeah. you know, it'll always surprise you. But I've, I've had a great experience so far. So so that's good. That That is good. Um, saying that you went to Audible first, did, how how did that go? Like, did you pick the narrator or... Um, um, no, I had options and we sort of do it in discussion because mm-hmm. I have to say how I heard the voice, especially as Morgan is my name is in first person. Mm-hmm. And um, then they sort of go out and seek actors that they think would be would be suitable and do a great job. And we ended up with Vanessa Kirby, who was just fantastic. She's almost exactly like I heard Morgan in my head. And it's just astonishingly brilliant that we that we got her and she did such a wonderful job so that was brilliant oh that is so cool yeah it's a really great it's a really great portion of it so yeah yeah do you have any authors who really inspired or do continue to inspire your writing style lots I think everything I read contributes to you as a writer Mm -hmm. Um, and I try to read books that are going to act like that fuel mm-hmm. so I mean, reading does that anyway it fuels you it feeds you and and goes towards your writing particular mm-hmm. it, it it was it's right writers who do things with language like Hilary Mantel I love Raymond Chandler I love because it's just the way he describes things. <laughs> voicey writers um I love classics I love Dickens I love the language of Dickens I tend to like novels written by poets because they have such access to clarity of language Mm -hmm. and I'm always trying to improve on that and learn from that and anything that's beautiful makes my heart sing it challenges me I'm not saying I can do it but it's the things that challenge you they sort of make you feel alive yeah those kind of writers and poetry itself of course but everything Mm -hmm. contributes you know, I might read a fantastic spy thriller to get pace, to get how mm. to do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, just, it's, I read broadly and I, I just love the fact that everything is, you've got access to learning all of it and it can all go into your writing. Yeah. Particularly those. Oh, I love that. Do you 
have an all-time favorite book? This is a cruel question that you should, that you should not. You can answer as many books as you want to. I've been here all day. If yeah. I do. <laughs> uh, what a question to ask. All-time favorite book of someone who loves reading. Can I say my own book? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. I do. I love Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel, the whole trilogy, but particularly Wolf Hall. It's just so involving and the way she uses language is incredible. Wuthering Heights, I love classics. So Wuthering Heights is is a biggie. It informs pretty much everything I, I write. Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. It's just so gorgeous. And, and that gave me so much inspiration that these kind of mythological stories that can often seem distant can actually mm-hmm. be brought into the emotional realm and and it's just fantastic it's, yeah well that one also spans a lot of years too it does yeah um it's just it's gorgeous and sad mm-hmm. and beautifully written and I love it so much um of course once in future king that's just like I said that's a masterpiece and that similarly it sort of gave me the the not the idea but the confidence that it things can be done mythological stories can be done on a human level and and brilliantly yes big sleep by raymond chandler for language any dickens shakespeare i could go on (laughs) (laughs) i just um i love books but i'll I'll, you know i'll i'll end it there because too many I don't think there's ever too many favorite books because there's also like if you have a a favorite book for a specific thing um like it's hard to just it is hard to pick one I know it's a cruel question why are they favorites because (laughs) there are so many reasons that something can Mm -hmm. be fantastic so I could say you know Gone Girl because what an anti-heroine what a thriller what a twist what a twisty book and then I could say Brideshead Revisited which has no twist but it's a completely different book and is beautiful in a completely different way so yeah so there's a few more <laughs> <laughs> well do you have any final thoughts before we we let you go no I just hope that everyone who reads the book Morgan is my name enjoys it <laughs> I think they will and looking forward to the next one Yes. Well, I hope that too. And I'm looking forward to the next one because I'm looking forward to it being done. Ah, yes. You did mention that you are, are you in edits for this one right now? Edits. I am deep in edits for it. And I love this book. It is a challenge. It is my trouble child, but Mm -hmm. if I can just get there, I think it will be fantastic. And I'm getting there. I am getting there. 100%. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you if they want to find you on like social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at Soph K writes and I'm on Instagram at Sophie Keach author. So I can be found there probably procrastinating <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but yes, that's where my info is and that's where I chat to lovely readers. That's been one of the really nice things about publication is people getting in touch with you and wanting to talk about your book. So that's where I am. Oh, amazing. And your book is available now. So people should just go out and, and get it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on to talk about Morgan is my name. Um, having me. It's been lovely. Yeah, it, it has been lovely. Thank you so much. I thank hope you. you have a great rest of your day and good luck with edits. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
Well, we heckin' did it, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard and want to support the show, share it with your other bookish friends and family members. And if your podcast app has ratings, please take a minute to rate and review the show. I'm off to read the next book in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events for my monthly Patreon series, A Summary of Unfortunate Events, which is a middle-of-the-pool dive into the series we all know and love. And if you'd like to hear it, subscribe to our Patreon by following the link in the Novel Finds bio on Instagram, which you should totally be following if you're not already. Thanks again for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.